My name is Tiana Nobile, and I'm really looking forward to sharing my poems with you all today. I'm going to start by reading a few pieces from my chapbook, which was published by Antenna, a local small press here in New Orleans. My chapbook is a collaboration with visual artist Bridget Conroy and features her paintings alongside my poems. The title of the chapbook is The Spirit of the Staircase, which comes from a French idiom that essentially refers to the common experience people have when someone says something to you that's off-putting or possibly offensive, and you think of the perfect response 20 minutes later as you're walking away down the stairs, overcome by the spirit of the staircase. The titles of these poems are things people have actually said to me, and though I didn't know what to say in the moment, the poems themselves are my responses, albeit a little delayed. Go back to China. I used to dream I lived in a teacup. I do the backstroke and hot tea and stare up at the spinning blades of the ceiling fan, fixated by their perpetual predictability. I would sink to the bottom of the cup and hold my breath as long as I could before tumbling awake. It always ended the same, my teacup in pieces on the tile. I've never had an Asian before. My lover once told me to try everything at least twice. Since then, I've tried oysters raw on the shell. I've learned to pluck bits of mollusk meat out of my teeth with my tongue, tangy with lemon juice and salt water. One Thanksgiving, we shucked oysters out of their shells on the back porch of a fishing camp. My fingers were chafed red from fish scales, and the flathead screwdriver I was using to shuck kept slipping out of my hand. The third time I stabbed myself in the palm, I gave up. Let someone else have a try. Where are you really from? Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Fertile, Iowa. Uncertain, Texas. Hazard, Nebraska. Accident, Maryland. Why, Arizona. Hell, Michigan. Disappointment, Kentucky. Embarrass, Minnesota. Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Nameless, Tennessee. No name, Colorado. Nada, Texas. Nothing, Arizona. So I was born in South Korea and adopted as an infant. And through my writing, I've been thinking a lot about adoption and displacement and various ideas of family and familial love. The title of this next poem is the name I was given in Korea, but it's unclear where I got the name, who gave it to me, and why. Moon Young Shin Written on the white slip at the bottom of a Polaroid, cut off by the frame, a name. Many years passed before I learned surnames come first in Korea. I rode my bicycle in circles around this reversal. For years, my skin leaped from shadow to shadow. I drank the darkness, or the darkness drank me, but what's the difference when your veins are full of haunting? One day I will walk the narrow streets of many cities full of ice freshly frozen. I will hike through forests of windstorms newly risen. I will learn and forget the names of many trees, of tea leaves plucked too early in the season. 
I will orbit the earth like a moon, searching for its shadow. Where does a moon find its planet? Or is it the other way around? To be a recently hatched egg moon, curved shell pinned to the sky. I've spent my whole life in orbit of other people's light. Celestial satellite in ceaseless wane. How much can you learn from a stranger's surname? A young animal crawls its way out of the womb, stretches its legs, and feels cold for the very first time. This next poem is part of a series that I'm writing where I incorporate text from the Oxford English Dictionary entries on certain words. In these poems, I integrate and collage language from the dictionary entry with my own original language. And this poem borrows text from the entry on migrant. In connection to my exploration around adoption, I've also been thinking and writing a lot about forced migration and my own immigrant story and how the two might relate to more current and pressing issues of migration and displacement in our country. Migrant. Of an animal, especially a bird. A wandering species whom no seas nor places limit. A seed who survives despite the depths of hard winter. The ripple of a herring steering her band from seas of ice to warmer strands. To find the usual watering places despite the gauze of death that shrouds our eyes is a breathtaking feat. Do you ever wonder why we felt like happy birds brushing our feathers on the tips of leaves? How we lifted our toes from one bank of sand and landed fingertips first on another? Why we clutched the dumb and tiny creatures of flower and blade and sod between our budding fists? From an origin of buried seeds emerge these many-banded dagger wings. We of the sky, the dirt, and the sea. We the seven-league booters and the little by littlers. We transmigrated souls will prevail. We will carry ourselves into the realms of light. This next poem gets its title from an article that appeared in The Guardian in 2014 which is in reference to a study that looked into whether or not people retain memory of languages that they hear while in utero, even if they don't actively speak or know the language post-birth. Scientists discovered that we do, in fact, store these memories unconsciously deep in the recesses of our brains. This study underscored for me the tension between what we gain versus what we lose during childhood and infancy, And that idea was the catalyst for this poem. The poem is written in sections, and I'll pause between each one. Lost first languages leave permanent mark on the brain, new study reveals. To experience the world muffled to the wall of skin is like wearing earmuffs while deep sea diving but the echoes of the dark exterior still manage to pierce you. Cacophony of well-song and sunken earthquakes, tonal pitches seep in. How do I translate the sound of my mother's moaning? It's a soft wail I hang on the wall of my windpipe. They say the circulatory system is the first to develop in an embryo, 
that the body generates cells to divide and multiply, to form a swelling ball, that your blood weaved and whirled to become my blood. Who was the first you told? At week 11, fingernails begin to appear. I bet you didn't know that nails are made of dead blood cells, how something could grow inside you that's both alive and dead. Once I learned how to talk, I did not stop. I drew blood and licked my teeth with language, English spilling down my chin. Later, I learned how words can wound without touching, and I tucked myself in a bed of silence. In the garden of my body, a bud began to sprout in my throat. As an adoptee, a lot of my origin story is unknown and inaccessible to me. Through my writing, I've been able to explore what it means to construct my own version of the truth. And this next poem is a kind of reimagining of my creation story. Revisionist History The weather in Seoul in October is bright and balmy. All the hospital beds are full, and women with thick arms and bent knees, feet in the stirrups, scream in an echoing symphony. A woman with small ankles can't see beyond her bloated stomach. She keeps her eyes shut as forceps dig, doctor's hands twisting between her legs like a corkscrew pulling out the plug. It's been a busy morning, and between heaving breaths she wonders, how much longer? First the head, then the shriveled body bright as a small sun. For the first time in her life, she sighs and means it. That's how it happens in my fantasy. The movie I watch on repeat, reimagine myth of my birth, no. I emerge from sea foam, flapping my tail fins in the Pacific froth. I washed ashore, encased in a mermaid purse, crawled on all fours, and learned the power of breath. No. I was stardust, an accumulation of space matter falling to earth in tiny pieces. I'm still gathering my limbs. They're scattered all over the planet. None of that is true. I was born in the airport, propelled to the gaping mouth of sliding glass doors, my father's second cousin ferried me down the stairs, my mouth bubbling with Korean consonants, eyes still wary of sight. In the video recording of my arrival, the airport light burns everything so yellow it's purple. My grandfather's cheeks behind his glasses glow like round speckled eggs. I've watched the video so many times it's etched like a scar. I can feel my mother's yellow tears fall purple on my cheek. My father tucks his upper lip inside his tongue. Years later, I will learn why he does this. Searching for words when the mouth is lacking, soft tears cradled in the pockets of his open eyes. What's the difference between memory told and memory burned? I was born in the womb of a stranger, my face a reflection of somebody else's shadow. If I told you that I missed you, would you believe me?
Would I? This last poem is a ghazal, which is an old Arabic form. It's traditionally written in couplets, and the last word of each couplet repeats, and the final couplet is self-referential, where the speaker of the poem speaks back to the eye. Petals. My mind is a clenched cocoon, a fist of grindstone petals. I was a dancer before I was born, my dream spun on the loom, stuck in its petal. If I miss a step, snap and pirouette down the staircase, my feet will wrestle with the vines and the petals. I wish I knew time's seamstress, eyelashes descend in petals. The past is a shoelace, caught on bicycle chains and petals. I ran along the railroad looking for you, my mouth stale with wine, and burnt petals. In the morning, you, moon, will be someone else, daughter of a million buried petals.